I am so glad you could join us. I'm your host, Mo Gaudat. This podcast is nothing more than a conversation between two good friends sharing inspiring life stories and perhaps some nuggets of wisdom along the way. This is your invitation to slow down with us. Welcome to Slow Mo. Welcome back. I've been traveling for quite a bit recently, and I have to say I really, really, really missed uh, my wonderful conversations with my friends here on Slow Mo. Today, I found myself in the UK for a few days uh, in London, so I asked my wonderful friend, Kate Dowdy, the renowned British artist, if she was around, and she said she wasn't, but she wanted me to use her beautiful studio Uh, I've come to this place so many times to witness Kate in her own flow and creativity. And it is beautifully messy with beauty and art all over the place. It's really a place of freedom. And I felt that it would be a lovely place for us to have uh, our conversations. Uh, A few of those I'll record here. The first of which is a guest I have waited to chat with on Slow Mo for a very long time. We met two years ago around the end of COVID, if you want. And she told me her story, which was, by all means, incredibly, incredibly inspiring. My guest today is Lavina Meta, who during COVID decided out of nowhere to help hundreds of thousands, millions of people, as a matter of fact, find health and purpose by doing a modified forms of exercise that basically were available to everyone uh, for free on the internet. Uh, For that, she was honored by the Queen as an MBE, a member uh, of the British Society. Uh, And then she went on to discuss publicly, very vulnerably and beautifully, intelligently, her journey with menopause online. She's a patron of the menopause uh, mandate. She is uh, proud advisor or member of uh, Diabetes UK and uh, the Alzheimer's Society. When we spoke uh, two years ago, Lavina basically told me about her approach to what she calls exercise snacking, which to my uh, greedy, cookie-loving mind sounded incredibly delicious, to be honest. (laughs) But uh, I mean, look at her. Lavina is in her mid-40s, looks stunning. Honestly, truly, like a 29-year-old. So something that she is doing must work. I've been waiting to bring this to your attention for a very long time because Lavina's view is you don't really need to kill yourself to stay healthy. And, you know, you don't really need to struggle through some of the struggles we have as humans, you know, with menopause or diabetes and Alzheimer's and so on. So uh, I, uh, yeah, I think we will enjoy this very much. Uh, Lavina Meta. You're here. Wow. Two years ago. I'm feeling emotional from that amazing intro. This is how I felt. It's funny because when we met, it was about the end of my stay in the UK. And so, uh, as as if you remember, uh, we spent... um, an hour and a bit together. Yeah. Uh, we had that incredible curry. I have no, I can't even remember where. And then, yeah. uh, and then we said, okay, we're going to have to meet again very many, many times. And then poof, I disappeared. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I always wanted us to have this conversation in person because you have that presence to you and you're so 
emit what you believe in, which is really, really beautiful. I hope, I hope the cameras will capture that. But we didn't. And then you went on and started to add menopause and diabetes. And I mean, you're just crazy about helping people. Why? I mean, you, 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 used, you were not always like that. I wasn't. You're so right. I mean, it's, um, I mean, this is a pinch me moment to begin with, but just the journey has been so surreal. You know, I'm a mum of three. I'm 45 now. Very proud to say that, although I still feel like I'm in my 20s. Yeah, I <laughs> Don't know the feeling. <laughs> not look, but mentally, I'm like, yeah. how did the years just and, go, and, right? And, and I mean, not flirting anyone. I love her very much, but physically as well, you look amazing. Thank you. Um, I probably don't look like the pictures that went out on press everywhere with the six pack. But actually, my view now, Mo, is exercise for sanity, not vanity. That's the kind of slogan. I loved when you told I me started, that. I yeah, started. Yeah. And I totally believe in that more than anything, that it's the power of exercise and lifestyle changes on not just how we look, but how it makes us feel. And the incredible magic it does inside, you know, the science behind exercise and reducing risks of so many chronic illnesses that you mentioned already. Um, but yeah, it's, it's pretty surreal. Uh, this was never the path. Giving back actually has made me realize that that is the most rewarding thing I've ever experienced in my life. You know, apart from motherhood and being a wife, you know, and with my family, it's just this incredible feeling that actually we can just, like you're doing, right? Mm. It's just something that you believe in, your passion. And I'm very grateful to everyone to even have the space to allow me to spread my messages. I'm grateful for you bringing me on here because in my eyes, if I can just help one person a day, I know, you know, you set the bar. You know, I think oh, what you're doing is incredible. It's and always one person. It's one person, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. And it's that one message on yeah. Instagram DMs or that one person I meet that may say, you know, I've used your exercise snacks or my grandmother or my grandparents or someone in their family has used the workouts. And thank you all for giving me that lifeline because that's what keeps me motivated. I met you after that. I, have, I honestly, yeah. in front of everyone, I don't even know what you did before that. Were you, were you like a personal trainer? Was that your path? What, what, what did you do before that? So I wasn't into exercise growing up. So I was born in London. I'm obviously Gujarati. I think I talked to you about Jainism. It kind of mm. originates from Buddhism, which I yeah, know you're I very, that. Yeah. very into you as the, well. You were actually the first that, that, yeah. uh, that spoke to me about this. Jainism. Yeah. So yeah. I think growing up, you know, most people didn't really realize the difference between Hinduism and Jainism. And I've embraced Hinduism as well as part of my childhood being in the UK. So my parents actually came in the 60s. Yeah. As students, um, my mum was quite a uh, breakthrough. She came just for her education at the age of 16. Her family let her come oh, on her own. In the 60s, that's quite progressive. Very forward thinking, especially being, you know, Indian and having yeah. a daughter and letting them come abroad. Um, my dad did the same. He came to study for university. And um, yeah, they had me after a long time of trying. Mm. Um, I think it was seven years of, you know, not being able to conceive. Mm. And they had their daughter. So I'm the eldest. I've got a younger brother who's four and a half years younger than me. Um, the story is that we're in this beautiful art studio. As soon as I walked in, I said to you, Mo, this is <laughs> what I was always had the passion of was art. And, um, you know, I had an amazing 
parents, amazing childhood. They really invested in our education. I think that's the South Asian thing. Of course, yeah.、Um, but that is like the number one most important thing.、Um, but my passion was art,、yeah. and I did art A level, and they let、did、me do、you? that. Yeah, yeah.、Mm. and I got an A. You know, and、mm. I wanted to go to Central School of St Martins.、Mm-hmm. I'll put it out there. One day I might do that when I'm retired. <laughs> oh, you'll be surprised! I always wanted to do, go back and do a. Did you? No, I wanted to do a PhD in applied mathematics. Yes. And I should have when I was forty, and then I should have again when I was forty-five. I should have when I、yeah. left Google, and we keep putting it off. Yeah, yeah. One day. I think I'm never going to do it now. The brain slows down. Remember. So you know, if I if I went when I was thirty-eight, I would be an A student. If I go now. They sort of like hold my hand and go like, yeah, you're 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 okay, you're okay, but your mathematics is not that good. Yeah. Trust me, your brain is ready. No,、uh, no, it will never be too late.、Sure. The mess is like exercise, right? It's never too late. Not with mathematics,、late. no. Yeah, do you think? I swear. I mean, I I truly and honestly, I mean, it's I still probably am better than most.、Uh, not that's arrogant, but I'm better than anyone who's not a mathematician. Better than me. <laughs> I would guess, but definitely compared to the old Mo, oh my God! I mean, the old Mo did not do math; it was just pop up in my head. I know, I knew the answer. Now, I, now I actually have to first remember what the steps were and what was the algorithm, and then I have to actually go and do the mathematics. Like, how boring is that? That's really weird. Well, you know what I'm going to say, right? Exercise makes you smarter. That's what I said on my、I、TED know, talk. I know for、right? a fact. When you told me about exercise snacking,、yes. I was like, "That's the answer," because I I need to, you know, to to refresh, but. We'll go back to this. So, so you you wanted to study art. Wanted to study art.、Um, I didn't in the end. You know, I did, went and did management at university. Yeah.、Um, had the best few years of my life.、Um, came out of university having done a dissertation on internet e-retailing.、Um, I graduated in '99, so it was way before the dot com started. You know, like、mm. the, the sort of.、Um, Even selling clothes on the internet was not really thought、I、of, think, and look、yeah. at it now. We're just、yeah. so reliant on it. So I worked for a company called Boo.com, which you probably know、I、about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it was literally boom to bust in nine months. I just come out of university. <laughs>、yeah. I was loving it. I was in Carnaby Street.、Um, you know, we had like a, a fabulous time, and I went from a tester to a testing manager to a project manager within nine months. Had the best experience ever. It went bust, and I was then in an amazing position because I was one of few that had had any experience in the sort of internet boom, right?、Yeah. Um, so I went on. I mean, it's quite interesting it's because、exciting. because you think about it, what what you actually did is you used nine months to to waste investors' money, but that、totally. was such a cool thing to do. <laughs> That's exactly what the book is all about: how、yeah. um, we blew the investors' money, right?、Mm-hmm. And yeah, the website crashed. It was, you know, flash. No one could even open it,、oh, let alone、God. thinking about Miss Boo selling you, you know, virtual、um, clothing and all、yeah. of that. So I was in a very blessed position.、Um, I literally had, you know, ITV News、mm-hmm. p- watching us as we were being given like golden handshakes by companies because they just wanted to poach the staff.、Mm. But I was only twenty-one. Amazing. Um, I had a few offers. I joined another dot com company, and、um, it's a fiber networks company. But they were very small from Silicon Valley, and I thought this is something different. I'm just going to go for it again. And、um, they actually, we together with myself, you'll like this because I know you're ex IBM. 
we somehow managed, and I did the presentation in Tulsa, in Houston, um, and in New York, and we won the contract of IBM to manage the account for BP, for mm. British Petroleum. That's very big. Huge. Mm. Absolutely huge. And I was then given that whole account as a global account manager. As a 21-year-old. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so I was on the UK side. I had counterparts on the US side. I then, a few years later, jumped ship to BP and... Um, bad move. Nothing wrong with BP, but... Yeah, and, um, you know, it's like career progression for me, still, you know, enjoying that whole journey. And um, I was managing from the front to back office, so it's global trading systems on the IT side. Ah, okay, so you stayed in tech. I stayed in tech, okay. but I'm not technical. So I was a project manager. Mm -hmm. So I was basically managing... Very white environments. So a, I was Indian, so most people in Tulsa and places had never ever seen an Indian person, <laughs> let alone a vegetarian. And they were generally, it was a male-dominated environment. So I got very strong, I think, and resilient in that role. And I absolutely loved it. It was 24-7. You know, it was, it was amazing. It was great experience. I then became a young mum. <laughs> And I lived with a joint family, so my, I had my parents-in-laws, two sister-in-laws, there were nine of us in the house, very typical um, Indian family. But they gave me so much support with my older two boys when they were little, and I managed to juggle this, um, you know, program career, management yeah, career yeah. and being mum. I actually fought to go part-time. I think I was the first ever project manager going back 20-something years in a company like VP to do a job share. It was a real push. I tried it. I was working five days and three. It's not like the flexible working that women get now. And um, then I had my youngest son, who is now 15. And at that point, I decided, okay, now I need to kind of, it's not going to work with three kids. And um, I let it kind of go. But I got to a position, I don't have any regrets with my career side, because I got to a, a really nice senior position. I was very happy with what I'd achieved. But I loved my career. I mean, I have no regrets. If I could ever turn back time, you know, I would have just carried on. But then I fell in love with motherhood. Mm. And I've got three amazing boys. You know, it's a blessing to be a mum to them. And I just thrived on taking them to their activities, investing in them, just like my parents had invested in me and my brother. And I fell in love, um, I guess, with my own fitness journey, not being into exercise or even sport at school. I think I must have got my mum to write as many notes as she could to avoid exercise <laughs> classes. Swimming in an outdoor pool in the UK was not fun growing up. It's torture. It was literally torture. Cross country, lacrosse. Have you heard of lacrosse? Mm -hmm. I mean, I've got, you know, grazes where my shin, yeah, I've like ruined my lower legs playing lacrosse with those sticks and everything. But it was childhood experiences. I was never into exercise. I just joined the gym because I was probably double the size that I am now you? or more. Yeah, there are pictures out there on social media. I just don't post them at the moment because I don't believe in that. Even though it's very powerful seeing the journey and the physical transformation, for me now it goes a lot deeper um, than how we just look. So I fell in love with um, just jumping into classes, you know, meeting moms, coffee mornings. I wasn't losing the weight. I wasn't really getting anywhere. But it was more of a social thing. Because of the coffee mornings. Coffee mornings. You need that, right? Like you, sleepless it's nights. The, it's the carrot cake with the coffee morning. It's <laughs> that. That's the snacking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's the dangerous snacking. 
Um, and it was only when I stopped doing all the classes, jumping around, and I invested in this um, personal trainer of my own, I had never lifted anything, Mo, apart from handbags and suitcases <laughs> and kids, yeah. right? That was the only weightlifting I'd done, but I fell in love with strength training and how empowered it made me feel, not just physically, I could see the results were incredible. I was like, you know, losing weight, I was building muscle mass, but it got me through some really challenging times, you know, with the kids, with um, losing my father-in-law, who I was so close to that he would have been the one bringing me to all the things I go to like today. He was like, he's like my guardian angel. He's there with me. You know, I know he's there right now. Um, we lost him from a brain tumor very suddenly within six months. And we all lived together. So I was very, very oh, close wow. to him. It was, it was devastating, but it was actually the gym that got me and my husband through. It was that headspace, that time where I feel like mentally the power of movement is just so incredible that I want to, you know, spread that. Um, and yeah, I sat the courses literally because I had seen the science of food because, you know, I've, I've shown you my mum's book. She's a biological scientist. She again found her passion when we got into secondary education and I helped her type up her book, Feel Good With Food, which is where my whole feel good kind of brand comes from. But she went to the science of food and antioxidants. And it's talked about now, but this is like 15 years ago. Mm. So I was heavily pregnant, typing her book up, thinking, wow, you know, just what we eat and understanding why we eat these things and what it does to our body, how it can reduce things of like diabetes, which is so prevalent in my community, to heart disease, like some of, you know, cancers, all the world's biggest killers. Yeah. I then wanted to learn about the science of exercise because I was like, this is just doing something so special to me. In the evenings, I just sat the courses. It's level two to become a fitness instructor, level three to then become a personal trainer. I didn't tell anyone, just the boys and my husband. They'd go to sleep. I'd just start studying. Not that I ever thought I'd want to sit exams again in anything. Mm -hmm. And um, then a few ladies found out, some friends. I started, they asked me if I could train them in my home basement. And I started this one-to-one -one with women um, from the age of like 30 to 70. I saw so many different things, like challenges that they had, whether it was just losing weight, whether it was just mobility, not being able to move their arms, whether it was um, injuries or whether it was menopause. We had, I had like an amazing year and a half teaching women one-to-one. -one. And it was, you know, the gym can be quite daunting, especially mm. as a female. And where I was trying why, to... Why would you say that? So if you, I guess it's got a lot better now, but I used to feel, especially in the weights area, it's quite male dominated. And I feel as a woman, if you go where, to enter the gym, where there's just generally a lot of testosterone, a lot of men lifting heavy weights, I was trying to get women into strength training because I really believe that's the key to longevity is having muscle mass. And um, being one-to-one, -one, it was amazing because it would just feel comfortable and I would build that relationship with them and we would just progressively get them stronger and stronger. Um, the times have changed now. You know, when I go into the gym environment now, I love it because I, I'm just thrilled to see women in that space and I feel like that divide, that barrier is no longer there. Um, so it's definitely changed over the last few years. My most daunting uh, gym experience was in Latin America. Okay. So any, any gym experience you go to yeah. almost everywhere in the world is, like you rightly said, lots of testosterone, but also lots of lifting machines. 
you know, and then maybe in the corner there would be a couple of ladies there um, every now and then. Yeah. You go into a Latin American gym and it is a very long walk of squat machine, squat machine, squat machine, squat machine, squat machine, squat machine. And then eventually in the very, very last corner, you get like a tiny little bit of lifting area with the same number of men, like 400 men in like a meter by a meter trying to compete. And there's little Levine there. But I feel that this, I have to admit, I mean, a gym to me is not natural i think it's not it's not i mean it's the best place to do lifting but mm-hmm. but is it natural i do, i feel it's too unhealthy i don't know do why you know i mean look it's commercial right yeah. so uh, people have got used to the gym environment the best thing that's come out of the pandemic is the confidence is given people to exercise from their homes from anywhere um you know i go into workplaces right i've been into like linkedin youtube I've got people exercise snacking in environments where they're spending most of their time and unfortunately most of the time is sitting nowadays because especially since the pandemic, you know, hybrid working has so many advantages of quality of life and not having to commute, especially in the UK and in London. But we are sitting and sitting, I've said for years, is the new smoking. Mm. So that long periods of sitting... I'm going to get you moving, Sue. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, tell me about that because COVID was my killer, right? So until until COVID, I would never move into an, a, a place. You know, I, I used to be very nomadic, so I would never move into a place until I find the gym first. Mm. So I first find the gym and then I tell the real estate agent to find me something within the vicinity of the gym, right? Yeah. And I used to exercise eight times a week. I was quite reasonably for my age, I was doing very well, right? Yeah. Uh, and then COVID came and the gym was literally downstairs, but closed. And, you know, I attempted to do all of the stuff that, you know, you find on YouTube and I downloaded apps and so on. And then it didn't work for me. Uh, I, I now exercise a lot less frequently than I used to before. I think you will love exercising outdoors in nature. And I would? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think nature on its own. So being outdoors... Um, I mean, there's so much on nature that I can talk about, but the mental health benefits that it gives you, that combined with the endorphins, right? So we release these natural hormones. They're literally called feel-good endorphins. When I found that out with all this feel-good Levina stuff that I'm talking about, it's the magic of movement. So even after a few minutes, you'll hopefully start releasing endorphins and it will boost your mood. It will boost your confidence, your self-esteem, it alleviates anxiety, stress. That's the kind of, you know, the, the mood boosting effects of exercise. But being in nature on top of that, things like um, fructals, I don't know, you must know as a um, yeah. mathematician, right? Yeah. So the geometric shapes that you have in nature. So if you're looking around, when you're outside, I always just say on my daily Instagram, feel good walks, you know, just look up, look around, use your senses. Um, So these shapes are, if you expose yourself to fractals, they're saying it's up to a 60% reduction in stress. So obviously we talk a lot about stress. I know you as well, unstressable. Um, I think that on its own is pretty amazing, that this stuff is out there. It's free. Everything I promote is free, right? Mm. But it's finding things that you personally enjoy. So if the gym's not for you, um, maybe home workouts also didn't feel quite right. It didn't feel right at all. Yeah, but exercising outdoors in the fresh air, you know, like the amount of stress in people's lives and finding little tools, you know, that's what I'm about, is trying to get people to find something 
that works for them, even just breaking away for a little walk yeah. outside. It doesn't have to be in a forest. There's, you know, the power of forest bathing. There's mm. things like you've seen me probably hug a tree and all of that because there's so much science behind all of this. You know, it's all scientifically backed what I say, which is why I find it even more exciting. Um, but just a few minutes exposing yourself out into the fresh air should alleviate stress and anxiety. But how about fitness? I mean, that idea of snacking. Yes. One thing that I have personally experienced is that even as I worked out eight times a week, I was in my late 40s then. Yeah. That didn't work. Eight times. Wow. I did. I, I went to the gym to lift four times a week and yeah. then I did two HIIT exercises. Yeah. So it would be four days with two of them having evening exercises as well. So I, I go to the gym in the morning and then two other days where I just go swim in the evening. And I really swam like, like an athlete. Yeah. If I had done this when I was 25, I would have had a, a constant six pack and an ultimate shape and I would be very fit and so on. When I was in my late 40s, I was barely staying afloat. It changes. Yeah. It changes. I mean, your body changes for sure. I think what we struggle with nowadays is because people are leading such fast paced lives is A, even finding that hour, hour and a half. So that's where the beauty of exercise snacking comes in. It's that it's scientifically proven that short bite-sized amounts of movement, so in case anyone's wondering what exercise what snacking is, is yeah, yeah. right? It's not like if I bought some samosas for you. <laughs> some people ask, are we allowed to eat while we're working out? But what it is, is breaking it into short bite-sized amounts of movement through the day. So not only does it break up the long periods of sitting that are detrimental to our health, but it also boosts your metabolism at multiple points in the day. So yes, you will burn more calories. Yes, it actually can be, and it's, um, science is backing this up, it can be as effective, if not more effective, than that hour-long workout that we struggle to fit into our lives. Mm. And I think, you know, on the flip side, talking about sitting, is that even if you did that workout in the morning, which a lot of people do, right? They say, and then you sit all you know, day. And then you sit all day. Two hours of sitting negates 20 minutes of exercise. Is that true? Yeah, there's a scientific um, paper, you know, I'm writing a book about all of this. So I'm finding these nuggets of like science that are actually showing us that ideally what I would like people to be doing is every half an hour or every hour you just get up. We're on virtual calls if you're working from home. People are stuck at their desks. The most common thing now beyond knee pain and hip pain is back pain because, you know, this kyphosis of the, the spine, we're actually either sitting at our screens or we're sitting Netflixing or we're using off devices. And I see it from a young age, even with my own children. Everyone's backs are, you know, arching. And that neck pain, back pain then leads on. It continues down the body. Um in terms of blood sugar levels as well, so, you know, you mentioned I'm an ambassador for Diabetes UK, but that's purely because diabetes is so prevalent in my own family. You know, it runs in my mum's side. I lost my, I lost my grandfather. Um, so when my mum did come to study in the UK at the age of 16, she lost her dad at the age of 18 from a heart attack. But in those days, there was not enough information about diabetes. We know now that if you have type 2 diabetes or pre-diabetes, exercise, good nutrition, stress management, good sleep, you know, lifestyle changes can actually reverse and prevent type 2 diabetes. That's true. 
And I think that's so powerful. South Asian communities are six times more likely to have diabetes than the average white. Is that true? Yeah, in the UK. And that was pre-pandemic. And then we saw... Is that genetic? Because, I mean, your choices of food are much more healthy. Mm. <laughs> oh, are they not? Do you think? Uh, they're delicious, um, for sure. Oh, gosh, yeah, delicious. I mean, I love... How would the UK have been if there was no, no Indian curries. food? Yeah, yeah exactly. no curries, right? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. yeah, I think curry is the nation's most popular food now. I think that's yeah. true, actually, yeah. It's the um, world's most yeah, popular food. I, th I mean, the is. Mexicans are competing. We like you too. Yes. But, uh, I do yeah. love Italian food. So. No, Italian sucks. <laughs> really? I swear I don't like Italian food oh, at all. Mediterranean diet is obviously Mediterranean fabulous. Mediterranean is fantastic. But Amazing. Italian is too, too, too much carbs. It's rich. Yeah, it's yeah. rich. I mean, Italian food, if you eat it in Italy... Oh, that's what I mean. Yeah, oh go God. to Italy, Florence. Like, oh, my God. Like you, Are we you, filming you, there you, next? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, yeah. we'll be eating. No, but, 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 yeah. but that's the interesting thing, is that when you eat it outside yeah. Italy, oh. it's heavy, it's oh, gluten-full. No. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's yeah, not it's, real pasta, right? That's exactly. fresh. Yeah. It's their flour. It's yeah. the way they grow the, you know, the vegetables, the olive oil. The, I mean, um, it's the yeah, environment. Yeah. And I, th I think what happens is that when Italians leave Italy mm. and cook for us in the rest of the world, they get lazy. Like, do you not? And then basically they just <laughs> give us the crappy pasta and they eat the good ones at home. Oh, God, Italians <laughs> watching. <laughs> Don't get angry truth. with us. It is the truth. No, you go I to know. Rome. You're right. Oh. Okay? And, yes. and people are like literally eating, uh, um, you know, pizza for a starter, pasta in the middle, lasagna just to, you know, top it up. Exactly. Exactly. And then, uh, you know, a tiramisu for lunch. And they look and amazing. And they look amazing and they're the happiest people ever. They yeah. feel good, right? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely, yeah. So, so is that is that snacking? What you, is that what you're oh recommending? Oh my God, you're making no. me hungry. <laughs> We're going to have to film in Italy next. Yeah. So yeah, Indian food, It's. I mean, if you look at the traditional food, um, you could call it balanced, but there's obviously a lot of um, fried food, yeah. saturated fats. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of think work to be done, I think, with the sort of traditional to how we should approach food now. Yeah. And, um, you know, things like, obviously, the amount of protein that we're eating, the amount of fruit and vegetables. My mum always says, eat a rainbow. You know, her mm. book is like, I think I gave it to you last yeah. time, designed like a rainbow because we do want that diversity. We know about gut microbiome so much now, right, the importance of that. And even just linking, you know, the vagus nerve, brain to gut and that whole connection. But um, food plays a huge part. But again, I feel... Um, movement was probably not an education I had growing up, apart from yeah. ticking the box at school. I think the breakthrough with the workouts I did over the pandemic, which I did target the South Asian community because we then saw that there was um, a higher risk of them dying with COVID as well. Oh, so nice. the hospitalization yeah. rates, the diabetes didn't help. So these are stats that I was quoting that are pre-pandemic. When the next stats come out, I think it may be even worse um, as a community level in the South Asian community. So my passion comes from trying to help them and educate them that exercise, I think, is something that we didn't really talk about growing up. Mm. And when I see the elderly now, you know, the workouts I do with my dear mother-in-law, who's 75, we'd never exercised before. Um, and I was camera shy, you know, like I was never planning to go public and being in this space. But my husband and son actually started doing the exercise snacks in the mm. pandemic. And it was before fitness content even really blew up yeah. on social media. It was a bit of a gamble. It was before, you know, the likes of Joe Wicks, who I've been honoured with, which is incredible. 
um, is before he even kind of went live, I just decided, I said to my husband, the gyms are looking a little bit dodgy now. People mm. are getting nervous. We don't know what this virus is. And let's just start, um, will you come live with me? And we just started on Instagram. We went out in the garden and we just had a bit of fun. It was to boost people's spirits, to make sure people don't feel lonely, have that sense of community and the link of exercise to our immune system. So with the pandemic, I was, um, you know, really trying to show people that we can use this to boost our immunity. But the breakthrough with the South Asian community is seeing the elderly and people that have probably never done a lot of exercise. You know, they, they may do yoga, they may move around, they may do a lot of house that work like my mum, but seeing them doing body weight moves, strength training, whether it's just weight bearing or using their tin cans, plastic bottles, you don't have to have fancy gym equipment. Um, that has been, I think, you know, a sort of light bulb moment that yes, it's never too late. We've had up to the age of 100 join from 100. a care home. Yeah, bless her. She had Alzheimer's. My grandmother had Alzheimer's, which is why, again, I'm very passionate about raising awareness of this sort of, I'd say, taboo subject um, growing up. You know, dementia was never really talked about in my communities. And um, it's so prevalent, right? Especially being a woman, I think it's twice as likely that um, Alzheimer's, you're, you have a higher risk being a female. You have an even higher risk going through menopause, which we can talk about. Um, but brain health and exercise, you know, physical activity is one of the best ways we can reduce our risks of dementia and Alzheimer's. So the image I have always pictured you, I mean, there are two very famous images, I think, that sort of always are uh, used in the news when, when they talk about you. One is you in your red uh, oh, God. bragging <laughs> yoga stuff. Yeah, oh, God. Bragging you. Oh, right? God. Like, look oh, at me. Oh, God, right? that's, yeah. And then, and then the other is you and your mother-in-law. Yeah, I need to get the red one off the internet. No, Can no, you no, not keep, organize keep, that keep, for keep me? That. It's, good. it's good. It's good. It's it's credibility. It's like, look, I'm not selling you snake oil. It's you know, this is actually working. And and I think I think the the one that works more for my heart is you and your uh, mother-in-law because she's in her sari, and she's carrying like milk bottles or yeah. something. That's her weight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, milk cartons. Mm -hmm. We've done. Yeah. She's. Um, I mean, she's amazing. She was. You know, she become very I'd say more introverted more quiet after losing my dear father-in-law mm. she turned to the Jain religion a lot like my grandmother became literally like a Jain monk mm. but in the UK it's a very hard religion it's very strict in terms of what you eat, um, and what what you you eat the timings the the pujas so the religious um prayers that they have to do and everything it's like a full-time job but it gave it her purpose job, yeah if you don't mind me saying it's a full-time job yeah, really it's very i mean if hard. you want to practice it's like every minute of your i mean not every minute but all through the day it's all through the day every action actually what you eat and when you eat it and yeah, yeah it's yeah. all about non-violence right yeah, so yeah, even yeah. the water that you drink you boil so there's no organisms that you could mm -hmm. potentially mm. harm you know you see the monks in and in, in india they do their pilgrimages barefoot it's all very uh, minimalistic yeah? mm. no material attachment to anything mm. and it's about karma it's about um, what you do in this lifetime will hopefully help you in future lifetimes and yeah. then eventually you know trying to get that liberation or moksha as yeah. you, the enlightenment right yeah. at the end of life so my 
amazing mother-in-law. And people wonder, you know, they keep asking me again, a bit of a taboo. A lot of women say to me, is that your mum? It must be your mum. Because you can't get on with your mother-in-law. Like <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, you I know mean, what? I mean, I, I, we, we don't really know if it's her or you. I mean, she's about nonviolence after all. Um, if, if all mothers-in-law would choose nonviolence. Oh, she's <laughs> yeah, she's amazing. Um, but she's very camera shy. So when I first asked her, she didn't want to be part of it, right? Mm. And she hadn't been into exercise either. She'd done a little bit of yoga. She's active. Um, but it's been life-changing, that bond between me and her now. It's like something we never imagined we'd be doing together. Yeah. But the way I say to her is, you know, this is Jainism. You're helping so many people. The fact that they see her at the age of 75. You know, my mum jumps in as well. She's 77. Your, your mum's not here in the UK, is she? Mum's here. Still, my yeah, mum's yeah, here, yeah. 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 Um, still in the same childhood home, you know, oh, where they yeah. in Golders Green in North London. Um, it's literally like a time warp. We go into my bedroom. It's the same <laughs> as it was growing up. Um, and we had very humble beginnings. My parents, you know, begged and borrowed to get me through private education. Um, I feel like, you know, the thing, the sacrifices they gave up for me and my brother, you know, I'm just so grateful for. And my husband's been brought up with the same thing. My father-in-law came from Uganda, obviously expelled from Uganda, and they started off with nothing. Mm. So now I try and instill that with my own children because they're growing up in a completely different world, right? Mm. They've got pretty much everything mm. at their fingertips. And it's yeah. trying to get that. We try and do as much charity work as possible. We try and show them the less fortunate. We try and always help people because I want them to have those values yeah. that the hardship that we've seen growing up. Yeah. When you started this, you got people from all over the world. How many people signed up to those exercises? Oh, I haven't counted, right? I mean, it said thousands, you know, in the press because even when the Queen found out by my, about my workouts, it's, it has spread. It's gone global um, I've had messages during the pandemic from everywhere from Kenya to India to Europe, um, all ages. The benefits have been, the feedback has been the motivation, right? Yeah. Just getting someone saying, I remember someone saying that their grandmother, um, they found them who had MS um, in, you know, and she was unable to stand, but she was still, her screech, she was watching us on TV and it was more just simple mobility movements, whatever she could manage. And that's the message is that every minute of exercise counts mm. and you listen to your body. But it was the smiles that this grandson had seen that he yeah. messaged me and said, I've never seen her smiling and happy. You know, she's going through deterioration of her body, but you kind of boosted her a little bit. And mm. we've had, you know, people saying that they've reversed their diabetes. They've reverse their osteoarthritis, you know, both of my mums, mum and mummy, my mother-in-law, um, their knee pain's pretty much gone, their osteoarthritis is gone, their bone density's gone up. So my mother-in-law had a fall and when they x-rayed her, you know, the, the surgeon said, how come it isn't fractured? And she said, I've been doing strength training <laughs> with my daughter-in-law. So it's, it's all the things that we can't see, right? Yeah that I think is the magic, is reframing the way we look at it. And the concept in simple, if I understood correctly, is yeah. you don't have to do an hour. You, ca you can steal quite a few five minutes during the day. Yep. And you don't have to do them for vanity. You do them to feel good about yourself. You got it. No, yeah, right? that's it. And, yeah. I and I think that's a very um, human way. 
if you want to stay fit. It's kind, right? I yeah. feel like there's just so many challenges that yeah. we all go through. And midlife is tough. Mm. Um, you know, we can touch on perimenopause. We, yeah, we definitely need to. Yeah, and yes. menopause and, and experiences in life like grief and, you know, losing a loved one. I mean, you've, you know, you've been through the worst imaginable to me. I think everyone has their own experiences. What Correct. you see on social media... Is not true at all. You see the bubbly Lavina, and she's doing so many different things, but I often am vulnerable, and it was through the perimenopause where I went on and I cried mm. on Instagram, and I was just very open because it really hit me hard that I hadn't realised I was in perimenopause, and I had so many signs like the brain fog, you know, my brain to me has been strong up to yeah. date. And then suddenly I was like forgetting things. And the children, you know, my husband would be like, oh, I've told you that, Lavina, how can you forget? And it started worrying me. I was thinking, A, I'm kicking off a whole new path in life that's never been planned doing, you know, what I'm doing now. But I was starting to struggle. I was starting to get a bit of anxiety, I'll be honest, which I talk about a lot still. And I was thinking maybe it's just because I'm so busy. I'm going twice, you know, twice a day I was doing lives. It's just me, myself and I. I don't have a team. I just wing it. You know, I'm looking at how you set up today to get tips off the guru here. Yeah. Um, I have to say he does it all himself. And a, Amazing. And a minimalist design. So now for everyone, I've been designing this studio. It's not the best quality I understand, but I can take it with me everywhere in the world. And today I just came in two plastic bags. There you go. I'm not going to throw away the plastic bags just so that nobody thrashes me on the internet. <laughs> I'm actually quite a recycling kind of person. Exactly. Uh, but, but So tell me a little bit about that experience. It's, it's interestingly taboo. It's taboo. I never understood that. No. Right. I mean, when I recognize, for example, that I'm not responding to exercise as I used to when I'm 25, mm -hmm. to me, that's like that's nature. Mm -hmm. Right. This is how it is. Hmm? But somehow for women and especially women in the Middle East, Southeast Asia and mm -hmm. so on, it's like, don't talk about this. It's not happening. No. And it's a very lonely place. It's very lonely. I mean, I think you know, you've touched on the communities that don't talk. We've never really talked about periods. I questioned my mum a few weeks ago about my periods. I was like, mum, you know, who told me? Did you tell me? And she said, we didn't talk to you about it. What she, do you mean? She said, you know, you were taught at school. She couldn't really remember, just like she can't remember going through her menopause because it was just suppressed. It was kind of like, I was educated at school about periods, but menopause is one topic that's still not in the education. Your periods stop. I mean, it's far, it's far for the elementary education, so you may not want to talk about it then. Yeah. But there needs to be... To say, yeah. I think it's important for children to understand, like I involve my husband as my dad, you know, all the men in my life, my boys, I want them to understand because they're going to have women around them, be it their partners, be it in the workplace, be it their friends, right? Their sisters... They need to understand. So periods do stop, but it's not as just simple as they stop. And the word perimenopause, I don't think was even heard of, you know, yeah. like two or three years ago. Yeah. So it's definitely a taboo. And that's why I'm very passionate about trying to get, especially South Asian women, but everyone talking about this. We all need to talk about it. And I'm glad so, so you're welcome here. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Right? So, so a good chunk of my followers and listeners are women. So at a point in their life, whether they're going through it now or they've gone through it or they will go through it at a point in the future, yeah. they will go through perimenopause. So, yes. so what do they need to know? 
So you need to know that、uh, menopause is actually one date officially. So、mm. it's where you've had you haven't had your periods for up to twelve months.、Mm. So once you don't have periods for twelve months, that is officially your menopause. But the perimenopause can actually be up to ten years before that. Oh wow! I mean, it varies,、mm. right? So what I want is for women to feel empowered.、Mm. I don't want young girls to be worried about what's coming.、Mm. Um, I feel like there is a lot of talk about it in the media right now, but I want women to know that you know I'm thriving. I'm going through it myself, and I want it to be relatable that you can still do whatever you want to do out there. Perimenopause is very different for every individual. One in four will have no symptoms. One in four will have debilitating symptoms,、mm. and we hear a lot about tragic. You know situations where women are at rock bottom, so it can affect your relationships. We hear about the divorce rates in midlife.、Mm. It can affect your self-esteem. It can also affect、um, women in the workplace, and this is something I'm very passionate about. Putting my old corporate hat on, and when I do go into workplaces, it's we're losing. I think one in ten women have left their jobs. One in four are considering. Leaving their jobs due to menopausal symptoms. Oh my God! Yeah, and if you think about the amount of women that may have had, you know, children and are going back to the workplace, and that talent, you know, this this phase of our life, I feel in your midlife is the time where you maybe have it's time for you, right? Your yeah, children、absolutely. are a bit older. Yeah, and it's the time where yes, we're in that sandwich generation. Like I, you know, we're going to start seeing our parents age, and that's very tough. But our children are a bit older, and it's that time for you. I want. Yeah, and the time where you've had experience, where you're completely、uh, ready for the world, if you want.、Right. Probably one of the the best times for your success, for your freedom, for、totally. your acceptance of yourself、yeah. and the conditions of the world. Exactly. So, what, what symptoms should a woman look for? So, symptoms were typically hot flushes.、Mm -hmm. I've never had a hot flush ever. Um, there is research to show that if you're on a plant-based diet, and if potentially South Asian, because most are on plant-based,、um, you'll have less hot flushes. So don't just go with a typical hot flush.、Mm. I had brain fog. My period started changing, so my menstruation cycle changed, changed. not stopping. It changed, so it is、yeah. was all over the place. Yeah, from the age of forty,、mm. I just thought this is bizarre. Like happy birthday, Lavina, on the birthday month in March. You know, my peers just started going haywire, and becoming a personal trainer at the age of forty. I was thinking this is not great, right?、Mm. Then I started having bouts of like chest tightness, palpitations. There were times、Ooh. where breathlessness.、Mm. I put it down to COVID, and that's where I feel a lot of women. Talking about it now so openly,、um, a lot of women's put their hands up when I say, "Did you confuse your perimenopause with COVID?" Because I thought that was part of, you know, post-COVID. Maybe I'm just getting that tightness. The anxiety was something that I've never experienced before, and that I again just su suppressed. I thought I'm doing a lot, you know, I'm starting a new path. Main thing is to be in tune with your symptoms. Sleepless nights was very is very common. So not just hot sweats, but times where you just wake up three a.m. and you just can't fall asleep. The, the symptoms are actually over forty, I think, symptoms now. So things like skin changes, hair loss, sensitivity, eye issues. So I can't drive at night anymore. I went out with you know a bunch of old friends at the weekend. Every woman there, Mo, said to me, "I can't drive at night," and it's not because our eyesight has degraded. It's just. There's something around your eyes and night driving and the glare.、Mm. Um, there's a whole host of symptoms, and what I want women to do is just 
keep track of your symptoms. Now, the main thing, being 40, I was always told I'd be too young. And the main message I want to get out there, especially to any South Asian women watching and black women, is that the science is showing that we may go through it five years earlier than the average white female. And the average white female will go through menopause at 51. But if we could potentially start going, hitting that point at 45, your perimenopause could start in your late 30s. Wow. Early 40s, yeah. So mine started at 40. And even that, people look at me and say, you can't be menopause or you look too young. And it's, it's very different for everyone. Like I said, one in four will have no symptoms. Yeah. Lucky then, you. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then by 51. By 51, the average age. I think I'll go through it earlier. My mum does remember when her period stopped. It's about 47. Mm. Um, so I'm potentially heading down similar routes. So it's always good if you can ask your mum. Um, if she's around, you know, to just check in because it could be a genetic link there. Um, but I think, you know, there's a lot around HRT, as you know. So that's, that's hormone re replacement um, therapy. therapy yeah. And there was a lot of bad press, you know, going back 10, 15, 20 years ago. There was a lot of issues with the old HRT, but now there is body identical HRT, I'm on HRT myself. Um, that is just a decision I decided to make to, um, in consultation with your healthcare practitioner. So I'm not pushing HRT to every woman. It's some, something that some women can't take, yeah? yeah. If you've had breast cancer, um, if you've had um, a hysterectomy, you go through early menopause as well. So that's even important to point out. Everyone's journey is very different. The main message I'm getting out there is that exercise and lifestyle changes will get you through this. Hold that thought. Yeah. We need to get into the depth of what it is before what we can do about it. So let me summarize as someone who is a man who absolutely needs to be aware. So right. this is not a message yeah. for the women only, right? So yeah. this is a message if you have a woman in your life, and every one of us has a woman in his life in some capacity or another, this is something that you need to learn, right? But definitely also for the women, because I have to say in general, life is so demanding of the superwomen of today mm -hmm. that one more of those experiences uh, can be pinned to the wrong reason and you don't know what you're going through. So you, can, you could think it's stress at work or you, you could think that, you know, your partner this or lack of partner or you're being single or whatever. But, but you could also think that this is associated with menopause. Mm -hmm. So what, what you taught me here, which is very eye opening for me, is it could start earlier than 45. And you're saying it can start as early as late 30s? Yeah, I mean, I've heard, you know, there's I don't know the statistics right now, but more and more women are talking about it. More and more women I meet say that they started early, okay. um, especially in the South Asian community. Okay. I would say start getting in tune with your body, right? You need to start logging your symptoms. Keep a tracker. There's some free apps. You know, there's brilliant resources out there um, so that when you do feel like you go to your GP and GPs need training. So part of the menopause mandate that I'm working with is... A, to get that education into the national curriculum here so that people are aware it's part of your you know, school curriculum. GPs haven't been trained. They haven't been given enough time. So it's really hard when you suddenly get all this demand and talk about menopause. That's why we've got HRT shortages, right? That people then go to their GP demanding HRT. 
So be in tune with your symptoms. You've got to track them so that you then go to that appointment, which can sometimes be just 10 minutes on the NHS, which is already, we know, struggling, right? GPs mm. are struggling, let alone having just 10 minutes to talk about this in depth. So you need to go equipped. And your symptoms may vary every month. And we forget, right? If you start getting brain fog or if you're forgetting things, it's even more important to log it. But I would like to say, Mo, just the fact that we're even talking about this, I really appreciate That's you bringing this out there. a very, very important there. topic, I tend to believe. Should a woman expect that this will change uh, her lifestyle, her sexuality, her... Mm, uh, I was going to say, yeah. Yeah, so, so yeah. a lot of the time I found that the conversation sort of triggers, I don't know how to say this, I'll say it as it is, which, I, which is what I always do. Women that come to me talking about this stage of their life, yeah. sort of start feeling like, am I less of a woman than I used to be? And I, and I know for a fact that this is not the truth. Mm. So, so tell me a little bit about that. Should a woman expect that? Is that what menopause is about or is it not? No, I feel like menopause is, you know, the new beginning. They Absolutely. call it the second spring. Absolutely. Right? It's yeah. like we've talked about. I don't want women to feel like it's all over. I mean, that's the sort of taboo that I have in my cultures is that you kind of no one used to talk about it. My mom's generation yeah. never talked. It was kind of shunned upon that you lose your fertility, right? You just become like an old, haggard old woman. And, you know, lack of libido as well is something that people don't talk about enough. But so many couples go through challenges. You know, just being parents is tough on a relationship. Just living in this rat race, this environment post-pandemic is tough. Then you start having other layers, right? So if the men in your lives don't really understand what you're going through. That's where so many relationships and marriages unfortunately fail at this point. And lack of libido, again, that can lead on to so many self-esteem, self-confidence issues. And yes, we do put on weight in midlife, especially as Look women. Look at me. I mean, it, it's not menopause. It's andropause. Yeah, there's, it? yeah, there's andropause. Is and it, there such there a thing? Is. So your testosterone... So you, did, did you see people? This is why... Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, andropause is a thing that's not talked about. At the moment, everyone's talking about this is the menopause revolution, which I'm thrilled about because we need to educate everyone around us about women's health, from periods to sex to menstruation to menopause, right, and beyond, mm. because it's midlife where we're even more susceptible to chronic um, diseases. So andropause affects men very differently. So it's not as... I would say, like, we know that every woman's going to go through menopause, but you hear about, right, the midlife crisis for men. So I think, feel like it's a conversation that is going to start coming out more and more because it's not just women that go through things in life. It's all of us. And it's how we embrace it, how we try and get that mental resilience, how we change our mindset and how we find easy tools. You know, I'm all about how things that are accessible to all ages. I want, you know, exercise to be accessible. I want us to make little tweaks to our food. Our sleep is so fundamental. Like when I was struggling with sleep during my perimenopause, that affects everything. It affects your motivation to exercise, right? It affects your mood. It affects your ability to concentrate, your energy. So sleep is a fundamental, like, pillar of health, I feel. Yeah. And the tools that you, we all use for stress management, be it, you know, the breath snacks that I do 
at the beginning of every workout when I go live. You know, I still do them for free with my mother-in-law. But we start with breathing techniques. I feel like that is one of the most powerful tools we can all use. And if you don't know about breath, you know, we can even, we can do one now if you want and teach people some simple moves, you know, the things you can do at your chair when you're stuck at your desk. Um, but breath is a great tool. Journaling is fabulous. Gratitude, which I know you are the king of gratitude. I call it the vitamin G, you know, like have your daily dose of vitamin G. Um, we need to kind of find this feel-good toolkit, things that you enjoy and things that you can equip yourself with because I want women to thrive through this phase. That, that's, I think that's the point. And I, and I think the, the reason why it's important to understand that this is not just women yeah. is, uh, I'll have to say very openly that I'm a different man than I was in my 30s, right? Yeah. But I feel more of a man than I, than I was in my 30s. And I have, I've known, you know, it's funny when I think about it because, you know, of course I have friends from all ages and I have relationships and maybe exes from all ages. Mm -hmm. And I actually tend to believe that the response to menopause is highly dependent on the woman's approach to it, yes. okay? There is, in my personal view, a woman in her 40s is, this is the age of, I'm going to be who I am. I'm going to live, yeah. live it fully. Yeah. And yes, while our bodies change, they also changed from teen to 20s. Mm -hmm. They also changed from 20s to 30s. Yeah. And my message is this, is not be, this should not be pulling you back. This, okay. is, this should be something that invites you to a different lifestyle. And that different lifestyle empowers you and enables you more. And so you're saying the answers are found in feel good uh, activities and lifestyle and, and, and also feel good exercises. So, so how does exercise help at all? So exercise helps us mentally, like we've talked about, you know, this release of feel-good endorphins, dopamine, serotonin, like all these incredible hormones that are in your body. As your estrogen levels drop, so belly weight, right? It's actually proven scientifically that as your estrogen levels drop, that that adipose tissue, you're just going to collect your fat cells, unfortunately, women, around your belly. Mm. And especially if you've, you know, been through childbirth, the main thing I get asked is, what's happening to my belly? I just can't lose it. So this is part, unfortunately, of our change in our hormones. I look at HRT, hormone replacement therapy, more as hormone rebalancing therapy. Women are living 30 to 40 years longer than we used to. And in terms of bone health, brain health, and heart health, so I'll touch on those. Bone health, we start losing our bone density as we age. So that leads to osteoporosis. Exercise is incredible for that. That's why I want everyone, men and women, to be doing strength training. I feel like a lot of people just go to cardio and strength training is a missing piece of the jigsaw. So that's going to be incredible to help your bones stay strong, yeah, alongside your cardio. But I want strength training to be part of your fitness routine. Then we've got brain health and we've touched on dementia and Alzheimer's. But the the fact that exercise helps your hippocampus, your prefrontal cortex, your um, ability has BDNF, right? So that's exactly. brain-derived neurotrophic factor. And that is almost like a fertilizer for the brain. It is, literally. It's like the miracle grower, right, if you're a gardener. Mm. And um, when you exercise, you release BDNF. 
So it's, I mean, this is all the science, you know, that I'm researching and the writing that I'm doing at the moment. You also have things called myokines. So we talk about muscles, and I touched on how I feel that muscle is key for longevity. So I want us to think about, as we reframe the way we look at fitness and our lifestyles, it's not just now, but how we age, right? Yeah. We want to be as independent as possible. We hopefully don't want to be a burden you know, to our children. As much as possible, we want to age gracefully and as well as we can. And muscle is, is, um, is we start losing our muscle mass from the age Correct. of 30. So it's called sarcopenia. They say you lose between 1% and 3% a year after your 30s. Through menopause, you can lose up to 20%. And up to 20%, 20% a year? 20% a year. Oh, well, they're no. saying through menopause. So okay, I'm not yeah, sure if it's yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. a year, but through the phase. So it's, uh, obviously, it's basically greater. It's, you're yeah. at higher risk of losing muscle mass, yeah. which is why we want to build lean muscle. Not only is that going to help you on your weight loss journey, because I know, even though I say it's not about how we look, Obviously, how we feel in our clothes can affect us, right? Yeah. So, yes, weight loss is going to be a byproduct of everything I'm talking about. Um, but the more muscle mass you have, that's metabolically active, right? That's going to help us burn more calories. Correct. So you're going to burn and lose more weight. So that's going to help us reduce risks of things like type 2 diabetes, of heart disease, of all, you know, so many different types of cancers. And the last one is, so I've touched bone health, brain health, and heart health. So obviously, our hearts, even as women through midlife, we are more susceptible to cardiovascular disease. Mm. So strokes, heart attacks, it's all kind of linked, right? We want to keep our heart strong, our lungs strong. It's all of our organs that are going to benefit through movement, exercise, lifestyle changes. So I guess, yeah, menopause is that point in life that I want you to think about now and beyond. And it's this kind of aging well, you know, like how we think about, yeah, yeah, are you yeah. going to be yeah. able to stand up on your own? That's why I yeah. say to everyone, get your squats in, you know, like do your sit and stands as I call them. Yeah. Is even if we're sitting right now, we could be getting up every half an hour and just adding in 10 squats. Yeah. My wonderful Ali, when I started to age, I mean, he was still around when I started to age and he would tell me, no, no, I think you're doing well. You're, what did he say? You're aging in a George Clooney way. Yeah. <laughs> I swear. <laughs> you were yeah, so I sweet. Yeah, I can see the resemblance. It was so sweet in saying that. And there is actually a description in my mind for that, right? And I will say this once again. I actually think that there is that very big myth that as you age as a man, you add more value. And as you age as a woman, you lose value. Mm. I think that's crap. Yes. Absolutely. Let's just blow that out now. Absolutely totally. crap. I think, I think some of the most attractive women on the planet mm. are in their late 40s and yeah. their 50s. Yeah. Uh, you know, it is a mindset much more. Of course, mindset that is followed through with, uh, with exercise, with practice. With, it's life experience, it is, right? right? And you kind of think about your priorities and do I really care what other people think yeah, now, right? Absolutely. Like, yeah. And I've been through so many, we've all been through our own challenges. Correct. And we've got through them. And now's your kind of time to shine. Yeah. If you have a passion out there, just follow it. You don't know where yeah. it's going to take you. And, and I, in, a, in an interesting way, almost like my philosophy around happiness, mm. it's a choice, yes. right? You can choose to age in a certain way or choose to age in a different way. Yes. And the difference between them is, of course, intention first, mm. and then action, right? Yeah. And so what we're saying here is, yes, it's an interesting, unfamiliar phase 
menopause specifically Definitely. for sure. Yeah. And perimenopause is even more unfamiliar if you're not aware of it. So perhaps the best and first step is to look into how do you make yourself aware and then what do you do to make it work? Any types of foods specifically that you think are not pro or pro your health in those phases? Yeah, so I think obviously protein is important in our diets. You know, I feel like when we talk about, you know, Indian food as well, we want to make sure protein is there. Not only is that going to help with your muscle building um, yes. that I want us all to be doing, mm. but it helps you feel satiated as well, right? Mm. So we're less likely to binge because when you are feeling down or when you're struggling, often people do yeah, exactly. turn to cravings, binging, yeah. right? Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, what is it called? <laughs> uh, G Game of Thrones and f four bags of chips, yes. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. So think about protein in your diet. I'm not saying I'm not into calorie counting. I'm into balanced plates yeah I'm not a nutritionist this is just from my mum from you know the the knowledge that I've picked up diversity is important the most important thing is to try and minimize the ultra processed foods you know yeah. we can see a lot of people talking about that at the moment so home cooked fresh colorful greens lots of vegetables lots of fruits natural ingredients right when we look at the packets of the things that we pick up I was telling my kids the other day then when we look at the ingredients and you look at these things that we don't find in our kitchens, right? Yeah, I, I'm starting more and more to say, because, of course, every healthy woman I know will say, read the label before you buy something. Mm, I mean, I, I, I decided to stop buying I, things that have label on them. Yeah, I don't read the label. My husband is <laughs> yeah, very strict. Yeah, yeah. He went through, you know, his own health journey. He was... Yeah. I think two and a half times the size that he is now. And I mean, look at him. Oh, He's wow. even, yeah, you'll have to meet him next, Mo. Yeah. Come home for a curry and meet Menor. He's 51. Mm -hmm. And um, he started his, I'd say, feel-good journey after me. You know, it wasn't like I said anything to him, but we just got to that point it, where... It was like, I'm going to lose her. I, I need to work on <laughs> I it. I just said, you're looking like, I'd say, a typical Indian uncle. Your, his stomach was out here. We didn't even realize. We're so busy... The kids were growing up. Indian families love it when you put on weight. Cause ouch, ouch. When, know, when you terrible. get that message I'm for terrible. the first time and then you look down. Do you know you what? Go, he yeah. went, he was like, that's it. It was that light bulb moment. And he said, you watch before my 40th birthday. And he put his mind to it. He's very good at focus, determination. He's stricter yeah. than me when it comes to food. And there's times where we're talking about labels, you know, when he'll look at the label, I'm like, no. I love my food too much. My mum's a chef. <laughs> um, it's all about balance. But I don't think it's about calorie counting. I think it's about having everything in moderation. Don't yeah. cut things out. Yeah. You know, even hydration is just so important, oh, right? Like, totally, yeah. It's going to, it affects your brain cells, right? Yeah. Our bodies are made up of so much water mm. that we need water. We need, look at your food, but look at everything around you as well yeah. and most of the stuff we're talking about is free like I say all the exercises that I promote I want them to be free it's not tied to a why do you do that I want it to be accessible I want this to be literally used by everyone I need to like you know how you say conquer the world I just feel like this is such easy stuff that I want to share it with everyone I feel like everyone can make a change today you can just Start off small. I'm not saying do everything that we've talked about in one go, but just start off with one small step, you know, as yeah. the saying goes. And watch the ripple effect, like how not it just makes you feel, but how it affects your 
your family, your work, your yeah. relationships, your mindset, your approach, your confidence. Yeah. You can I, see I, I get very passionate about I, this. I, I think it's really, really quite logical when you see it because you know when we when we in the happiness scene tell people meditate just five minutes a day oh, just do five minutes a day right a that's a snack it's a right? snack it really ba basically it's what you're saying yeah. is like get up uh, you know and sit down and get up and sit down and get up Everything's and sit down a snack. Yeah. yeah so yeah, i've got like i've got stretch snacks yeah literally stretching is that part you know where yeah, people I suck at that yeah and our, our mobility is affected our range of movement like the amount of people that i say can you even lift your elbow up and make it nice and straight here because of this kyphosis of the spine our joints are craving that full yeah, range of totally. movement our, you know the amount of knee pain shoulder pain stretching is something that i feel is like self-care even if you could it's just not, yeah. do two minutes every night that's all i'm asking just do, do three stretches in the morning, morning any time of the day no? yeah morning is i'd started this morning with yeah i did literally i was rushing i did three minutes of stretching I did one minute of, of my breath snacks, so it's like your meditation. And I wrote a little positive affirmation in my journal, and I was like, I'm gonna have the best time with Mo and, today. And, <laughs> and then you look like this. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. no. Are you allowed to talk about your book or not yet? Yes. I mean, what I'm, is it about? I would love to talk to you. Um, so it's coming out next May. Hopefully okay. we can uh, talk oh, about seriously? it. Properly. My, my, mine seems to be coming out around the next the same time, so oh, we're competitors. Yay. We're not <laughs> no, competitors. We're not. We should launch together. No, no, They're actually, both actually, actually, helping I, people, right? No, but I, I probably Unstressable will come out earlier. But, uh, Amazing. Yeah, yeah. What do you call it? The title hasn't been finalized. I know. Publishers are like that. I know. You've yeah. been through it. Yeah. Um, so I can't reveal the title yet. All I can reveal is that it's you, you can see I'm writing, I'm researching, it's all scientifically backed. It's going to try and make people realize that even a minute counts. Yeah, it's all about the idea of snacking. That, yeah. Exercise snacking, lifestyle snacking, self-care. So stuff that's going to help you feel good, not just physically, but mentally, and help us reduce risks of chronic illnesses. Okay, so uh, teaser. <laughs> Got to get you back <laughs> to talk you. about Thank it. Thank you. Uh, but I, I, I have to say, the, 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 what we spoke about today is sufficient to create a mindset change, okay? That no one has an excuse to say, my body is changing, I don't wanna take care of myself anymore, or I'm busy, I can't go to the gym, so I don't wanna take care of myself anymore. It's, you know, a few minutes, several times a day. Yeah. Uh, more than enough, uh, a few choices go a very long way. Amazing, yeah, yeah definitely. And, 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 I, and I have to say, I, I really wanted Lavina to be here with us because of the menopause conversation which I have to say is, you say it's taboo in the Eastern communities. I think it's taboo everywhere, okay? In terms of you don't feel good about it, so you don't discuss it openly with everyone. I think just like my salt and pepper beard, I feel very proud to be a little older, okay? And I think there is a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot to be found in how you go through that beautiful phase in your life commanding it fully that requires yeah. us that, that requires us to have this conversation so that every woman hears it thank you Mo. thank you for bringing this important topic yeah. to the conversation i think social connection is so important through midlife as well Absolutely. so it's not just about you know the power of social media i thank social media for giving me this platform and you know for all of us to be able to share messages like this but nothing beats that social connection i think 
the more women talk to each other about what they're going through, you will see. And it's, you know, people come up to me and my husband. I love it when they come up to my husband and they say, my wife is going through this and I'm glad, you know, he's done lives with me. It's probably the most vulnerable Instagram live I've ever done. I can't watch it. I've literally oh. not watched it back. And he didn't want to talk about menopause, but I said, Menor, you need to. I do tease him because his name's Menor. He wasn't, you know, sure about coming on and talking about it. And I said, it's going to really be important that we have an Indian man talking about a subject like this. And, oh gosh, it, he was, we were both very vulnerable. We talked about the impact it's had on our relationship. We talked about, you know, very personal things. But we've had people come up to him and saying, you saved my marriage. Thank God you guys did that because I've watched it now with my wife. There's amazing documentaries out there on the menopause. There's incredible resources, you know, that I talk about a lot. But yeah, get um, empower yourself with that knowledge and track your symptoms and just know that you can get through this. And be social about it. Talk about it. Mm. There's no shame there. This is really no part of how we are. I am really grateful that you gave. It was worth waiting two years for this. Thank, Thank you so much you for coming so on. Much. Everyone, this is truly important for me. I, I have been um, in my happiness work attempting to look at reasons for unhappiness that are so preventable, so preventable. You know, our fitness, our health, our stages of lives and seasons, when you take them as they are as part of life and just enjoy them and go through them with a slightly different lifestyle, the idea of going to the gym eight times a week, you know, is very much a 25-year-old lifestyle with the amount of work that I do now. A bit of exercise snacking and lifestyle snacking would work a lot better for someone like me. But I think the idea is this. The idea is that those topics are so easily removed from your unhappiness list uh, just by paying attention to them. So do that. We gave you sort of a bit of a shake and a wake-up call here. Man or woman, if you have a woman in your life, you really need to be aware of those uh, seasons and stages. And uh, yeah, and then go out there and do your own research. It's not that complicated. Uh, Lavina's work is quite popular online. We'll have all of her contacts in the show notes. So reach out and uh, look for what she has to say because it truly is working for her. I mean, look at her. So with that, I am very grateful for your time today. I really appreciate that you give me uh, the opportunity to spend time with wonderful friends and knowledgeable, wise people to have those conversations for myself, uh, but then hopefully to share them with every one of you. If you like them, share them with others, make others aware. Do take a minute or two to rate us positively on YouTube or on your podcast player. Those things do help get others to listen and watch slow-mo. With that, Take a few minutes this week and slow down and look at your health and your stage of life. Those things matter. I love you all for listening and I will see you next time.